welcome to the Once Again Podcast. We are your hosts, Ashley and Jason. In this episode, we will be looking at the 1989 film, Batman. In this series, we won't be doing a deep analysis of the film, or giving a bunch of behind-the-scenes facts, but rather giving our impressions of the overall film and giving a score to the film. So take a nice acid bath, vandalize some classic art while listening to Prince music, and most importantly, be sure to do a lot of pull-up reps at the gym in case some billionaire vigilante decides to wrap a stone gargoyle around your leg one day while you're hanging from a helicopter ladder. And enjoy this episode. That was highly specific. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, I'm just, I, I, I wrote that because I remember this movie very well, and I wrote that uh, intro, little jokey intro beforehand. But also, if the Joker, or if Jack Napier did pull-up reps at the gym, he wouldn't have fallen in the acid in the first place. So I'm just saying, you know, get those reps in. <laughs> it, it's what's best for everybody. Also, I guess I should address that we're recording this amidst uh, Canada's toxic war against America. So if there's extra coughing, yeah. there's extra coughing. Yeah, we, we apologize, folks. Uh, the next couple episodes might be a little rough on the airs. If Blame I... Canada. <laughs> Blame, Blame Canada. Canada. Agreed. Um, but so... Batman is a 1989 superhero film based on the DC Comics character of the same name, created by Bob Kane and Bill Finger. It is the first installment of Warner Brothers' initial Batman film series. The film takes place early in the title character's war on crime and depicts his conflict with his archenemy, the Joker. The tone and themes of the film were partially influenced by Alan Moore and Brian Boland's 1989 graphic novel The Killing Joke, and Frank Miller's 1986 four-issue miniseries, The Dark Knight Returns. The film primarily adapts and diverts from the Red Hood origin story for the Joker, having Batman inadvertently cause gangster Jack Napier to fall into excess chemical acid, triggering his transformation into the psychotic Joker. Filming took place at Pinewood Studios from October 1988 to January of 1989. The budget escalated from $30 million to $48 million, while the 1988 Writers Guild of America strike forced screenwriter Sam Hamm to drop out. Also a very timely topic to yes. be covering this for. Warren Sacreen uh, did rewrites with additional uncredited drafts done by Charles McCone and Jonathan Gems. Batman was both critically and financially successful earning over $400 million in the box office totals. Critics and audiences particularly praised Nicholson and Keaton's performances, Burton's direction, the production design, and Elfman's score. It was the fifth highest-grossing movie in film history at the time of its release. The film received several Saturn Award nominations and a Golden Globe nomination for Nicholson's performance, and won the Academy Award for Best Art Direction. It also led to the development of the equally successful Batman the Animated Series, which in turn began the DC animated universe of spin-off media and has influenced Hollywood's modern marketing and development techniques of the superhero film genre. Genre. I always put a D in there and I don't know (laughs) why. It's just one of those words. Uh, (laughs) The film was followed by three sequels, Batman Returns in 1992, with both Burton and Keaton returning, Batman Forever in 1995, which featured Val Kilmer in the lead role, and Batman and Robin in 1997, which featured George Clooney in the title. The budget for the movie was $48 million, or uh, $117.4 million in 2023, and the box office was 
$11.6 million, or roughly $1 billion, $7 million in 2023. Batman premiered on June 19, 1989 in Westwood, Los Angeles. Batman grossed $2.2 million in late-night previews on June 22, 1989, on 1,215 screens, and grossed $40.49 million in 2,194 theaters during its opening weekend. This broke the opening weekend records held by Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, which had a four-day memorial weekend gross, and Ghostbusters 2, which had a three-day weekend the previous weekend. Uh, the film also set a record for second weekend gross with $30 million, also the second biggest three-day weekend of all time, and became the fastest film to earn $100 million, reaching it in 11 days, 10 days plus late-night previews. The film closed on December 14, 1989, with a final gross of $251.2 million in North America and $160.15 million internationally, totaling the aforementioned $411.35 million. It was the highest-grossing film based on a DC comic book until 2008's The Dark Knight. Furthermore, Batman held the record for being the highest-grossing superhero film of all time until it was taken by Spider-Man in 2002. The film's gross is the 66th highest ever in North American ranks. Although Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade made more money worldwide in 1989, Batman was able to beat The Last Crusade in North America and made a further $150 million in home video sales. Box Office Mojo estimates that the film sold more than 60 million tickets in the U.S. And there's Producer Pumpkin adding his notes. Um, despite the film's box office, over $400 million against the budget of no more than $48 million, Warner Brothers claimed it ended up losing $35.8 million and was not likely to ever show a profit, which has been attributed to a case of Hollywood accounting. They like to, you know, move the figures around so that they don't have to pay taxes. Um, yep. Batman was cr uh, criticized by some for being too dark, but nonetheless received a generally positive response from critics. On review ag aggregator Rotten Tomatoes, the film holds an approval rating of 73% based on 77 reviews, with an average score of 6.7 out of 10. Many observed that Burton was more interested in the Joker and the art and set production design than Batman or anything else in terms of characterization and screen time. Comic book fans reacted negatively over the Joker murdering Thomas and Martha Wayne, and the comic book Joe Chill is responsible. Writer Sam Hamm said that it was Burton's idea to have Joker murder Wayne's parents. The writer's strike was, uh, quote, the writer's strike was going on, and Tim had other writers do that. I also hold innocent to Alfred letting Vicki Vale in the Batcave. Fans were ticked off at that, and I agree. That would have been Alfred's last day of employment at Wayne Manor, Ham said. The songs written by Prince were criticized for being too out of place, while Burton has stated that he had no problem with the Prince songs, he was less than enthusiastic with their use in the film. On the film, Burton remarked, I like parts of it, but the whole movie is mainly boring to me. It's okay, but it was more of a cultural phenomenon than a great movie. That's so fascinating. Yeah. Meanwhile, yeah. most of the people's criticisms are like, no, Burton, like, yeah. Burton cared too much about things, and he's like, oh, it was boring. Like, <laughs> I, I, I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but I listened to the director commentary for uh, these movies a, a while ago, 
And uh, don't waste your time with that, folks, for the Tim Burton ones, because all he basically says throughout two movies is, I don't remember much about this, but I remember I wanted the suit to be black. I didn't want it to look like Adam West's suit. I wanted it to be a black suit. And he basically says that for two hours <laughs> over the whole movie. Uh, and it's just... You know, I wanted it to be black and dark and brooding. <laughs> you know, much like him. Um, let's see. Despite initial negative reactions from comic book fans prior to the film's release, Keaton's portrayal of Batman was generally praised. James Bernadelli called the film entertaining, with the highlight being the production design. However, he concluded the best thing that can be said about Batman is that it led to Batman's return, or it led to Batman Returns, which is a far superior effort. And we're going to talk about that <laughs> in a little while, too. But uh, Variety felt Jack Nicholson stole every scene but still greeted the film with positive feedback. Roger Ebert was highly impressed with the production design, but claimed Batman is a triumph of, de of design over story, style over substance, a great-looking movie with a plot that you can't care much about. He also called the film a depressing experience. On the syndicated television series Siskel and Ebert, his uh, reviewing partner Gene Siskel disagreed, describing the film as having a refreshingly adult approach with performances, direction and set design that draws you into a psychological world. Batman was released on various formats including VHS, Laserdisc, DVD, and Blu-ray. And an unprecedented move at the time, it was made available to buy on VHS in the US on November 15th, less than six months after its theatrical release, at a suggested retail price of only $24.95, although most sellers sold it for less. It was released on DVD on March 25, 1997, as a double-sided disc containing both widescreen and full-screen versions of the film. The 2005 Batman the Motion Picture Anthology, which includes the whole series from 89 to 97, included two discs, uh, special edition DVDs of the film and the three of its sequels. The anthology also released as a four-disc Blu-ray set in 2009, with each film and its previous extras containing, uh, contained on a single disc. Other Blu-ray reissues include a 30th anniversary digibook with a 50-page booklet and a steelcase edition. Uh, both also include a digital copy. Uh, most recently, the 25th anniversary Diamond Lux reissue contains the same discs as before, and on the second disc, a new 25-minute featurette, Batman, The Birth of the Modern Blockbuster. The film was also included in the Tim Burton Collection DVD and Blu-ray set in 2012, along with its sequel, Batman Returns. Batman was released on Ultra, Blue, Ultra HD Blu-ray on June 4th, 2019. Directed by Tim Burton. Screenplay by Sam Hamm and Warren Skyron. Story by Sam Hamm. Based on DC Comics Batman by Bob Kane and Bill Finger. Produced by John Peters and Peter Guber. Edited by Ray Lovejoy, music by Danny Elfman, cinematography by Roger Pratt, production companies are Warner Brothers, Goober Peters Company, and Polygram Pictures, distributed by Warner Brothers. The runtime is 126 minutes. Starring Jack Nicholson as Jack Napier and The Joker, Michael Keaton as Bruce Wayne and Batman, Kim Basinger as Vicki Vale, Robert Wool as Alexander Knox, Pat Hingle as Commissioner Gordon, Billy D. Williams as Harvey Dent, Michael Goff as Alfred Pennyworth, Tracy Walter as Bob the Goon, 
Lee Wallace as Mayor Borg, William Hootkins as Lieutenant Eckerd, Jerry Hall as Alicia, and Jack Palance as Carl Crescent. Very nicely done. I um, so we're gonna so be we're gonna be doing our loose format recap again, where we recall the events in the movie. But I I do have a plot summary here in case we get lost. But I just want to say to start off, we're covering this because I'm kind of hyped up for the Flash movie that's coming out. And, uh, you know, Tim, uh, Tim Burton, <laughs> no, not Tim Burton, Michael Keaton's coming back for that movie to play Batman again. I have some theories about it. Most likely he's just going to be playing this version of Batman again, but I have a small theory that he might be playing a Thomas Wayne version instead, based on the source material for the movie and everything. But maybe I'm wrong. So we start off, uh, I, I have to say, I really love the style of this movie. If I'm going to praise how great the world of Batman the Animated Series is, I have to praise how great the, this world is, because there's people in it, It's they're dressed, and they drive cars and everything that looks like it's the 1930s, but then standing right next to them, you also have 80s punk rock looking people, yes. and it works. Like, it, 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 like it's not, it, it doesn't look out of place, it makes Gotham feel like this timeless place that you have like 1930 timeless place of the future almost yeah yeah exactly yes. like almost kind of like steampunk a little bit but not, yes. yeah yeah it, it's just it's a great world just to, to see and uh we start off with this lovely couple and their child and they've just left the monarch theater um which if you know anything about batman you know that can only lead to good things happening <laughs> um and uh the father is mad at the son for looking at the map that he that he's holding he says that yep. we look like tourists and uh, then a prostitute tries to solicit the, you know, 10-year-old son or whatever. Yes. <laughs> and uh, the mother and father pull him down this uh, totally not auspicious uh, alley. Definitely not crime alley or anything. I don't think it's like, I'm like, even if you didn't know where you're going, why are you pulling your child down an alley like that? Like, I'd be like, oh, that's not where we want to go other way. Yeah. But they, they end up being confronted by a homeless person who asks them for a dollar and they run past them. And around the corner, they get attacked by the homeless person's friend, um, who puts a gun to their face, robs them, puts the gun specifically in the kid's face, and uh, the two homeless men run away together to split up the money that they've made off of the family. And we see, uh, even by that, even in 1989, a terrible-looking drawn Batman <laughs> overlooking the city, and here's yeah. all this happen. Uh, he doesn't stop the crime from happening. But he does beat up the criminals afterwards, and yes, uh, it, it it it's an iconic scene though. Like you know, the guy saying "What are you?" and him saying "I'm, I'm Batman. Batman." Like that that <laughs> they do it in every movie since then. Every every actor that's ever played Batman. Actually, I don't know if Robert Pattinson has an "I'm Batman" line in his movie. I can't remember right now, but every other actor has had that line at some point in one of their movies. And he tells them he's not going to kill them because he wants them to uh, talk about like tell the other criminal scum of the of the city that he's there. Um, which is just getting out of the way. This is a Batman that kills people. Like, Batman's oh, yeah. not supposed to kill people, but this is totally... This, no, this is, like, dark Batman. Yeah, like, he uses guns and Batman missiles. Batman murdering. And, yeah, yeah. I, I remember people had a lot of backlash for Ben Affleck's Batman when that, when that came out, because he was killing people. I think, um, mind you, I don't want comic book Batman to kill people, because that's the sort... And I don't think Batman should kill people. But, if you're gonna have a departure, like... Uh, and here's the thing if we're going with like batman is like a dark vigilante justice i could see him killing people yeah like it's he's not superman no like he's batman well actually i i feel honestly this is funny when uh when man of steel came out and everyone had a problem with superman killing zod and that 
uh, when the next one coming out was Batman versus Superman, I assumed the conflict was going to be that Superman killed Zod and Batman was going to have a problem with that. Like, no, you shouldn't kill people. You should find another way to stop them. Like, you should be better than that. That's not what the conflict was at all. Batman kills numerous people in that movie. Um, but, but uh, like, I actually think the in, in the comic book versions and my ideal versions of them, I'm okay with Superman not just ran, rampantly killing people, but if he faces someone like Azad or Mongol or one of his other villains that's just mm-hmm. ultra-powerful, I'm okay with him killing them. Um but I don't think Batman should should kill, like, in, in an ideal version. Uh, could he be responsible for someone's death? Sure. Like, inadvertently causing it? Fine. But, um, you know, just addressing it right out of the, the, this is a Batman that kills people, and it, it, still, it still works. It's fine. It's a dark movie and everything like that. We meet uh, Alexander Knox, who's not a comic book character, but should be, because he's a very interesting character. Uh, someone who I completely identify with. Uh, someone who makes bad jokes all the time, and... They're all Se- sexual jokes? Yeah, sexually inappropriate comments to his co-workers. Um, yeah, I, I totally identify with Alexander Knox. That's who I would be if I was in this universe. Um, and he meets Vicky Vale, uh, who... Would gets... I be Vicky Vale? <laughs> you, you, you could be Vicky Vale, that's okay. fine. Um, who, her story's changed a little bit in this. She's normally just a reporter here. She's a photographer who takes photos. Something that is very interesting that I'm wondering which writer put this in there was that she just got back from taking photos in Corto uh, Maltese, which is a fake DC universe island mm-hmm. in off the coast of uh, America. It's like an independent country, but it's like Latin. Like it's, uh, mm-hmm. not not it's not in South America. It's still in North America, like region, but it's Hispanic population and everything like that. But uh, it comes from the Dark Knight Returns. There's a nuke that gets dropped in Cordo Maltese at a certain point, if I'm re- remembering correctly, and it actually causes a power power outage in Gotham City. So it's relatively close to America's landmass, but, like, the EMP blast from it causes a power outage in Gotham City. But, uh, so I, I, it's just a little comic book shout-out there that they had in there that she comes back from Cordo Maltese, and she's interested in the Batman character. Knox mm-hmm. is writing about him and everyone thinks that he's crazy including the cops and his and fellow she's reporters like, yeah you yeah. know anything about the batman yeah, I, I like bats <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, it's like, like the bats. yeah it's it, it's a little weird but uh, okay all right whatever and he's just taken with her because she's kim basinger so uh-huh. he's, he's gonna do whatever she has to and uh she says to him oh we um we should inter- uh, we should ask uh commissioner gordon at wayne's uh functioning that he's having at wayne manor tonight and Knox is like, oh, I'm not invited to it, and she pulls out two invitations that she has. <coughs> He's like, all right, let's which, go. Which I have to say, for her just moving to Gotham City, this this movie doesn't establish time very well, but no. she has this super nice apartment, which, you know, Gotham's supposed to be akin to New York City. Mm-hmm. That's a really nice apartment for someone who's a newspaper photographer. Um, just like... <laughs> granted, it's the 80s, but things were still expensive in yes. the 80s in New York. And then she has two tickets to this party already. And she's also in the phone book, because yeah. the Joker uses the phone book to look her up later. Um, but anyway, maybe she flew to Cordo Maltese, and, but has lived in Gotham previously. And the movie maybe, just, that makes sense. The movie just didn't say it. But uh, we, get, we then cut to Jack Napier, and he's having a meeting with his boss, Carl Grissom. And Grissom wants uh, is worried that the cops are on to him because Harvey Dent, played by the coolest cat in the galaxy, uh, 
you know, Lando Calrissian as, <laughs> as uh, there's actually a second Star Wars character in this. Do you know who it is? Or No. All right, well, we'll get to it in a moment. Okay. But, uh, uh, so Harvey Dent has announced a new, he's going to be cracking down on the crime bosses in Gotham, and Carl Grissom is worried that they're going to raid excess chemicals, so he sends his number one guy, uh, Jack Napier, to go clean it out. Jack's playing with some cards, and he's already wearing a purple suit, so, you know, if we know he's going to be the Joker at some point. Yep. Uh, and we get to see that uh, Napier is having an affair with Carl Grissom's girlfriend, uh, which, which Grissom knows about. And he sent, he sends Jack to Excess Chemicals to clean it out. And then he, uh, when Jack leaves, he picks up the phone and calls uh, Lieutenant Eckhart, who is the second Star Wars character. Okay. He was Porkins. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, which I saw... I, I Actually, let me see. If you look at photos of him before he passed away, he actually looks better in 2005 than he does here in 89. Yes. Um, which is interesting. But... Um, so Jack's set up to be found by the cops at mm-hmm. Excess Chemicals. He realizes it. Cops show up. Uh, Eckhart tells the cops to shoot to kill because they're, they're just going to take him out. Um, and, and then the commissioner who is at the party. Yeah, I already were doing this. Nobody shoot him. Yeah, I forgot. Nobody, yes. I forgot about the party scene. Yes. We, we have the party scene, which is our introduction to Bruce Wayne in this movie, mm-hmm. which I love. Um, the dynamic that they show us with Bruce and Alfred right, oh, yes. right from the start. Like, Bruce puts a pen into one of the plants, and, <laughs> and Alfred picks like... it, and then he goes and puts his empty glass on a table, and Alfred scoops that up, too. Like, you know Alfred's been doing this for him his entire life. Like just Alfred's falling, just like... Uh, yeah, falling, uh, falling around, cleaning up all of his messes. Uh, but the best part is that, you know, I, I love when there's always a character that has to go... Hi, do you know who Bruce Wayne is? Like, who's Bruce Wayne? And they always ask Bruce Wayne that question. Yeah. Like, do you know who Bruce Wayne... Do you know who Jason is? That's something that is interesting because we do know... I like, mean, we... Oh, I, if I ran into Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos or Warren, Warren like. Buffett... Yeah, I know what they look like. And, like, we knew who Bill Gates was, you know, 20 years ago. and Like, like you knew who billionaires were. Like, if you ran... I guess a good example, because 89, uh, there weren't as many billionaires like, as there they are, are But if you ran into Ted Turner in 1989, yes. you but knew I who Ted Turner is, like, was. I'm like, you're a photojournalist working in this massive city. You know what Bruce Wayne looks like. Yeah. And yeah. you could easily find a picture of him before going to know what he looks like. I, I get that he's supposed to be a, a recluse and everything like that, but people know who he is. Um, or at least they should. And I guess, I guess we could address it, too. Well, Michael Keaton gives a great performance, he's not classically handsome. Like, he's no. he's not what Bruce Wayne should look like. Like, uh, you know, Ben Affleck's much more like it. Robert Pattinson, Christian Bale, Val Kilmer, even George Clooney. They have the look of Bruce Wayne. But uh, it, he does give a great performance, and he's still, you know... I guess if you're going to have him be a recluse and, like, I don't know. It's, it's fine. It's fine. that they. The... I just think it's funny it happens in every single, like, yeah, when it's Batman. That person. Like, we're restarting yeah. a new Batman. Like Yeah. But that's something. Uh, did you see Pattinson's The Batman? I have not. Okay. That's something that, um, because he's a recluse in that, too. Like, he doesn't go. He lives in Wayne Tower in that mm-hmm. version. Um, like, there's an apartment building in it that he lives in and everything. Which actually kind of makes sense, too, because that's where... Like they, they don't have a bat cave especially, but it's in like the basement of Wayne Tower mm-hmm. is where his bat cave is. But that in one scene he goes to this funeral, a prominent Gotham character gets killed, and he goes to the funeral to attend to it, and all 
the media and everything are like, oh my god, it's Bruce Wayne! Like, they're t- like it's like such a big deal that Bruce Wayne has come out of hiding in his tower and everything like that. Like, like they, but they immediately know who he is, and they're all like, oh, take it. And it's actually kind of a cool scene because the flash photography in it bothers him, and he puts on sunglasses because yes. he normally he sleeps during the day, mm-hmm. which is something that this movie alludes to slightly too later on. Um, but he puts on his uh, sunglasses because, like, the flash photo- the su- the sun's bothering him, but also the flash mm-hmm. photography is bothering him because his eyes have adjusted to being up up at night rather than yes. being up during the day. But getting back into this movie, Knox and uh, Vale uh, run into Bruce Wayne in his armory, like his his little display armory of different cultures from around the world. Uh, Knox makes a couple of bad jokes and then asks Wayne for a grant, and Wayne gives it. He tells Alfred to give him a grant before he leaves. Um, uh, but yeah, Al- Alfred tells him, "Oh, Commissioner Gordon had to leave rather unexpectedly, sir." And he's like, "Oh, oh, okay." And uh, he's about to leave, and Alfred's like, uh, "I think you want to go that way, sir," like alluding to go down to the back cave. And he's like, "Yep, yep, thanks, Alfred." And uh, he tells him to give him, to give Knox a grant before he leaves. And then we we see Wayne watching uh, Commissioner Gordon being talked to by another uh, cop and, like, finds out everything that Napier's raiding excess chemicals Mm -hmm. and Eckhart's the cop that's going to be there. And ultimately, at least, like you were saying, Commissioner Gordon showing up at uh, excess chemicals and telling the other cops not to kill Napier. Like, he doesn't care what, what Eckhart said, blah, blah, blah. And then Batman shows up and causes a whole ruckus to break out there. Oh, of course. Um, Which I love when uh, Jack Napier's running around and he's just doing that Hollywood thing of, I'm going to throw random switches and hit hit buttons on this board to to screw things up at this chemical company. Yes. Um, And things just start randomly exploding. Um, And then, see, when they do that sort of thing, I'm like, so we're just going to blow the whole plant out with us inside. Got it. Yeah. Um, He runs to the top and gets confronted by Batman um, because he's about to shoot Grissom. Uh, or or he's about no i'm sorry he's he he sees that his man bob has a gun to gordon's head and batman has to let napier go because you know he doesn't want gordon to get shot and bob runs away and then uh batman disappears and napier pulls out his gun and shoots eckhart killing him and then batman shows back up kicks him he falls over the railing is dangling from it, and Batman tries to pull him back up, but drops him, mm-hmm. and he falls into a vat of chemicals, to which Gordon's very upset. He's like, damn it, we almost had him. And then Batman escapes, and we the scene then cuts to a very fake-looking hand coming out of the water, <laughs> uh, and it shows that his skin has already been bleached white. And then... Well, I guess I, I guess I could just cut to when he's at his plastic surgeon's office. Yeah. I know there's something in between. I think, uh, I'm trying to remember, if, I think it's a Vicky Vale and Bruce Wayne. Oh, yeah, it is the Vicky Vale yeah. and Bruce Wayne scene. Uh, they go on a date together at mm-hmm. Wayne Manor. Uh, he gets her drunk and then has sex with her, <laughs> um, <laughs> which he doesn't drink, so he took total advantage of her. But uh, I do love their little scene in the dining hall where they're across from each other at that giant table. Yes. And, and she says, do you like eating in here? And he's like, actually, I don't think I've ever been in this room before. Because <laughs> um, that, that's something, Wayne Manor in this movie, I forget the actual palace. It's some palace in England that they used for the exterior shots. But it's used in a lot of movies. It was used in the X-Men movies mm-hmm. for uh, uh, Professor X's Manor and everything like that. But it's, um, oddly enough, it, it's very popular. It was used in Smallville for Lex Luthor's Manor. And the reason that it's so popular and used for so many things is because from all 
the different four sides of the manor when you're looking at it it has a different design from all four sides oh, that makes sense. so if you're on the north side looking at it it might look like a castle if you're on the south side it looks like a giant like it, it just has a different exterior design on all four sides of this palace mm-hmm. that's in england i forget the name of it i should have looked it, it makes up sense. but it, it gets used a lot in a lot of different hollywood um i think it, it was even used in batman begins if i'm not mistaken but so uh they they have their little date and batman uh takes sexual advantage of vicky vale and then this is what i was talking about alluding to him having problems uh that he should sleep during the day and be up at night he does some weird exercise where he's hanging upside down like a bat um like he leaves her in bed mm-hmm. and she sees him doing that and then she wakes up the next morning and he's asleep on the couch um because it's the daytime now and so he's sleeping she wakes him up and says hey i had a lot of fun we should do this again and he's like oh yeah yeah yeah, sure oh actually i'm going out of town um yeah, I'll, I'll call you when i get back <laughs> like, Such and, a move. and she says to alfred oh well i'll see you when you guys get back and alfred's like we're not going anywhere. What are you talking about? <laughs> Alfred. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's Alfred, not... you disagree. <laughs> yeah. He's not being a wingman at this moment. Um, but also, that could have just been her misunderstanding. Maybe Bruce had to go somewhere, but Alfred was staying. But eh, whatever. And he was using the British royal we, referring to just himself. Um, but, but, but so, then we cut to Napier at his plastic surgeon's place, which I think the guy's supposed to be a Nazi. He's definitely German, but I yes. believe he's supposed to also be I a Nazi. I think so. That's the vibe I got. Um, and he's like, he says, oh, you know, I don't have the best tools to work with. Um, which this scene always creeped me out as a kid. And it's still it's still very effectively done because we don't really see, we don't see Joker. He smashes the light and everything like that. He sees himself, you know. It's a it's a good performance in this scene from Jack Nicholson, in my opinion. Like, he he does the mirror, mirror. Yeah, it's, and like, it's a little creepy. When he sees himself, he cracks up laughing hysterically and just leaves. Surprisingly, not killing the doctor. You would expect that from the Joker, but he doesn't. And then he en- ends up confronting uh, his old boss, Grissom. Uh, and we get the introduction to the Joker proper. And he kills Grissom. And he's very upset that Grissom set a bump over a woman! A woman! <laughs> um, and immediately, something that I never noticed until watching it this time, was how quickly his goons are like, alright, theming. Like, we're going to have the Joker's face on all of our jackets. Yeah. Uh, everything that we have is either going to be purple, red, or green. And those they're are all color. ready to, like, go and be like, yeah, let's be happy crazy people. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's something that I, I never noticed before watching this movie. Like, that's what I mean when I say, like, it doesn't really establish how much time passes in this movie. Because, like, it, it's like, what, the next day they have these Joker jackets ready <laughs> yeah. and everything? Like, they're go. And they build him a... Uh, gun that has a boxing glove at the end of it, so when he's yeah. watching TV, if he gets mad at it, he can punch the TV out with his boxing glove. It's uh-huh. so absurdist. <laughs> yeah. This movie reaches at a, like, absurdist level at times, where I'm like, oh. Yeah. Suspend all disbelief. But so, Vale, uh, having been somewhat rejected by Wayne after sleeping with him and everything, starts to investigate him. She's interested in why he's the way he is. Uh, ultimately, finding out uh, with Knox helping her, that his parents were killed in front of him and everything, yes. and that's what's messed him up. She was following him around, saw he went to a spot and put down two roses, which is just an iconic Batman thing. He does that uh, every year on the anniversary of his parents' death. They all end up converging on City Hall, where another crime boss is... I, I forgot to mention that Joker has a crime boss scene with a bunch of different bosses where he electrocutes one guy to death, but that's not really that important. No, not important at all. <clears throat> um, 
and they end up converging on City Hall, where another crime boss in a power play move has tried to take over Grissom's holdings. He said that Grissom's gone away and left him in charge, and the Joker sh- shows up, and sa- which, again, he has his goons dressed as mimes, because I guess all clown things, like, they're clowns, it's they're so mimes. It's so crazy. Like, um, especially, this movie's so dark, and then all of a sudden, it's like, the Joker just comes, and everything, like, everything to do with him is very, like, bright-colored. Yeah. Comparatively. And then, like, all the goons, too, you're right, they're just, like, ready to go. Mm-hmm. But he, he kills that other mob boss that was trying to take over. And uh, has a brief con- confrontation, a stare-off with Bruce Wayne, where they stare at each other. Which I don't think, until the end of this movie, it's kind of interesting. Do you think he knows that he killed the Waynes? I don't or think he knows. Is it just that he killed two people in an alley? It, it, it's weird, because at the end of the movie, like Batman says to him, you killed my parents. And he says, hey, I was just a kid when I killed your parents. So it's almost like he already knows that Batman's Bruce Wayne and everything like that. It, it, it's yeah, weird. I don't know. Anyway, they kind of stare at each other for a moment. And that's when Batman realizes that Jack Napier is still alive uh, and starts investigating him. And then Jack becomes obsessed with Vicky Vale. Well, Joker becomes obsessed with Vicky Vale mm-hmm. um, and her photography and everything like that. And decides, oh, she shouldn't be with Bruce Wayne. She should be with me. And uh, he sets up this elaborate date that she's going to go on Bruce Wayne with at this museum, which serves food and drinks. Uh, yeah, it's, very odd. It's a it's a weird looking designed museum, too, because everything's concrete and steel, but then, like, they have There's the paintings. Art, yeah, yeah, like, it, it kind of makes the art stand out. I kind of like the design of it, because everything... Yeah, he shows up and gasses everybody yeah. in the place, except Vicky, because he sends her a little gift of a mask. Yeah. And then they're defacing the museum, yeah. and then Batman rescues her. Yeah, to Prince's music, they're defacing yes. the museum. Which, that's something <laughs> The too. random dance scene got me. <laughs> oh, like the, the little guy that was dancing when he went <laughs> up to the ballerinas? <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, and the Joker, too? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, like, listen, that's something I think... Um, I mentioned in, in the beginning how uh, Tim Burton had a problem with putting Prince's music in it, like he felt it was out of place. I, I think, much like Burton's design of Gotham, that it's like this classic forever city that like is passed in prince's music is the same way like you know this this came out in 89 that's been almost 40 years and people still listen to prince's music i don't think it's prince's music that was out of place i think it was the dancing and the sequence itself that Mm. felt off that's that's because it stands out as like a what are we doing here well that's some (laughs) something about um that i have in my overall score is that jack nicholson's joker was iconic and I never thought anyone would be better at it in live action. And then we got Heath Ledger, which is such a different take on the Joker. Mm-hmm. But it's also that, like, it's like, oh my god, that works so well too. And then we have Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. And we have Jared Leto's Joker too. But we're not going to talk about <laughs> that, that one. That one doesn't <laughs> exist. <laughs> yeah. But, 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 like, it's like, oh, we've had all these different takes. Like, a lot of people like to compare Joaquin Phoenix's and, uh, Heath Ledger's Joker, they say, like, they're very similar, but they're not. Like, the, if you if you get, if you really look at it, they're very different Jokers. But, um, this, the, I, I always thought that, it, Jack Nicholson brings a silly Joker performance to this. Not menacing, not creepy. He He's does. So, he makes bad jokes all the time. But I think, remember how I just said that, I felt like this was very absurd at set points. Yeah. I think that's what he adds to it. Yeah. And, like... Really, you have a dark, gritty movie that has these weird, like, absurd 
absurdist like interludes like mm. this and like this is one of those things where i'm like no it did feel out of place but not because of the music because of what was going on in that moment it was just like okay why yeah <laughs> like that's but that i think it's hearkening back to like that that sort of 1950s 60s silly joker mm-hmm. like 70s silly joker written type of joke not the serious murderous kind like he is also a murderer and everything like that but like one of the backstories evidently on Heath Ledger's Joker was that he was uh, a black ops soldier that had been captured mm. and tortured and like abandoned by like his team and stuff like that. And that's kind of what broke him mentally. And that's why he's so familiar with all different types of weapons to use and everything mm-hmm. like that. We see Joaquin Phoenix's Joker is like this mentally ill, tortured man who has a breaking point. Like he's already predisposed. Have you ever seen Joker or no? No, but uh, I've we, seen parts of it. That, that, that's, that's a very interesting movie. I've told people, I, I really enjoy that movie, and I've told people to watch it, and some people have come back and been like, that's a fantastic movie, and other people have told me, like, why do you like this movie, you creep? <laughs> and I'm like, that's interesting, that, okay. that, that those are the two reactions I have from people when I tell them to watch it. But anyway, getting back into this, uh, yeah, Joker gasses everyone, uh, tries to take Vicky Vale with him, Batman shows up, saves her, and then we get to see what I still think is probably the coolest Batmobile design. Um, like, there's been a lot of cool Batmobiles, but... Uh, the 89 one's just iconic. It's a, it's a Corvette, but redone to be a Batman car. Um, and they have a little chase scene. Uh, Batman shows off some of his gadgets. Then they have an awkward scene where Batman asks Vicky Vale how much she weighs, and she lies and says 108 pounds, which clearly she doesn't weigh that. But uh, he then fights some Joker goons. She gets a photo of his face with the, with, uh, the mask off. <clears throat> he beats up the Joker goons, gets back in the Batmobile, takes her back to the Batcave. Uh, oh, and I guess we should mention, because uh, we didn't mention at this point, the Joker poisons stuff in Gotham, mm-hmm. and people are dying from it. And... Yeah, and like if Batman, when he takes her back to the cave, he, Batman has all the uh, info. Info. Yeah, and he's, how, he's been doing research, has yeah, all the info for her to like, bring back to the It's not one product that's going to do it, but a combination. Like, hair, hairspray won't do it alone, but hairspray and lipstick or baby yes. powder, like, mixed together, causes the people to die from the Smilex chemical that the Joker has invented. Um, which that was something too, when he was looking at Jack Napier's profile, uh, it said like, you know, he's insane, blah, 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 but he shows, uh, he's like a genius in chemistry and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, he figured out how to poison all these different chemicals and ever, or products and people using them in combination, they've been dying from it, which I do love that they show the news anchors like without makeup or hairspray or deodorant on or anything and they just look horrible there like talking about what what's mm-hmm. what is the joker poisoned vicky vale wakes up the next morning in her bed batman has knocked her out presumably he has sex with her again i guess because that's his thing he likes getting her drunk or knocking yeah. her out and a small detail that i also never noticed when she wakes up in her bed and she's passed out uh the camera's above her and her feet are dirty and I was like, I like that detail because they show her take off her high heel shoes to run around Gotham City when they're yes. trying to escape the joke. So her feet would still be dirty. And I was like, that's that might have been a small detail that they could have just missed. But no, they, they caught it and they were like, no, your feet have to be dirty because you were running around the streets yeah, of Gotham. She calls Knox and tells him, you know, she has a list of, uh, she doesn't say where she got it from. She's not like, oh, Batman figured it out. But she tells him she, she knows like what products are poisoned and everything like that. And then, ultimately, it leads to uh, the Joker going on television. And the mayor's having a televised, also on the radio, press conference 
where he's announcing that they're canceling Gotham's 200-year celebration. Yes. The Joker hijacks the fee and says, no, the celebration's going on, and I'll be dumping, I forget whether he says 20 or $200 million. While, while Something I'm, like but that. But so, some ridiculous amount of money. Um, which, in the movie, I, I, th- I would have thought this would have been great, but it, it's not in there. He says to Vicki Vale, when he's talking to her in the museum, that he wants his face on the $1 bill. It would have been great if the money that he dumped had his face on it. If, like, we had a shot that we said, like, it was, like, yes. the whole, like, all these people showed up to get the money, and he's going to kill them, and it wasn't even real money to begin with. That would have been great, but no, it's real money that he's dumping out and everything. He has a parade going with his balloons that are dumping poisonous gas, and uh, Batman shows up with the Batwing, which also looks cool, but, man, um, you the the cgi on it no, like, yeah it's not good CGI no, at it, all. it flies super slow like when it's flying towards gotham and everything like that like it's we've come a long way um as as far as cgi goes uh technology uh, although i do think that shot of it flying up and being into the moon and creating the bat mm-hmm. symbol that's that's still pretty cool um batman Gets the balloons. Knox has a hero moment where he's trying to save people by beating up Joker goons so that they don't get poisoned. Which originally, in the original script, he was supposed to die in the scene. But they, uh, the people behind the movie enjoyed Robert Wool's performance so much that they uh, give him a scene at the end to show that he didn't die. Excellent. Um, the Joker pulls out a comically large uh, magnum uh, gun. And is able to shoot down the Batwing with it for some reason. Uh, it's like absurdist. Yeah, I already told you. Like it's it's not like it shoots rockets or anything. Like it's just shooting a bullet, but it has a very long barrel, and it, it brings down the Batwing. And uh, Batman crashes. Seemingly, we don't. They don't see the body in the cockpit. But Joker kidnaps Vicky Vale, and he takes her to Gotham Cathedral. Uh, which is like the only joke that he makes in the movie that's kind of funny. He tells his guys to be there in five minutes, and then he looks at how big the, the cathedral is, and he says, better make it ten. And starts taking Vale with him up to the top of the cathedral. Batman comes out of the burning wreckage of the Batwing and is following them. And it leads to a culmination at the, at the top of uh, the cathedral, where the Joker uses his acid flower to make the... Uh, bell at the top of the bell tower fall down and break the steps so that none of the cops can follow up and then batman fights a bunch of joker goons which the one guy i forgot to put his name in here um but he's the big uh black guy that batman fights that is actually beating him up and then batman murders him by throwing him down the cathedral um he was the stunt court uh coordinator for the movie okay he's also an actor i forget clive something i forget his name now uh he was also a professional wrestler previously oh, and okay. uh he's still a stunt coordinator for movies he's he's done other things too he's english and basically uh he was like he was a stunt coordinator for the harry potter movies uh a lot of the james bond movies basically if it was a movie that was shot in england he was the stunt choreographer for it or coordinator or whatever the position was but batman and joker have their confrontation they're both very beat up joker uh says that batman created him batman says that you created me blah 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 um and then Batman throws Joker basically over the edge of the uh, cathedral, but Joker was on the ledge, pulls Batman and Vicky Vale over, and they're hanging off the edge. And then the helicopter shows up to take the Joker away. Batman ties the Joker's leg to one of the stone gargoyles, and the Joker, instead of just letting go of the ladder, 
breaks the stone gargoyle, <laughs> yep. ending up in him falling to his death. Batman and Vicky also fall, but Batman shoots his grappling gun, saving them both. Commissioner Gordon is having a press conference, and he tells the people, you know, Batman sent me a letter saying, you know, the, the, the scum of uh, crime, blah, 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 blah. But if you ever need me... Con- let me know. Yeah, let me know. And they're like, how are we supposed to let him know? And he goes, he gave us a signal. And then they, <laughs> they, they reveal they, the bat signal. They light up the bat signal. Um, Vicky Vale walks away from the press conference and Knox is like, hey, where are you going? And she's like, I'm going to get some billionaire dick. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not a reporter anymore. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to lock down Wayne. <laughs> like, I don't need this life Smart anymore. See woman. Yeah. Um, and she gets into the car with Alfred and he said, he's like, oh, miss, uh, Mr. Wayne told me to tell you he'll be a little late. And she says, I expected that or whatever. And the movie goes into Danny Elfman's uh, beautiful Batman score panning up these buildings and then we see the bat signal and we see batman stand up and ding 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 <laughs> like, like yeah. that's um and that's the end of the movie was were there any details that i left out that you wanted no, to discuss I, i'm impressed with you that's why i kept letting you go i was like keep going okay I, well, there, there honestly was a point in my life where not only could i have recited this movie every line but I could have done the sound effects too, because there are certain sound effects like the when the cops confront Napier's gang and like the gunshots. Mm-hmm. I've heard that in other movies, and I've been like, "That's." And the thing is, is that it's not from this movie. It's it's just like a Warner Brothers general gunshot recording. Mm-hmm. But the specific sounds that it made, I've heard in other movies, <clears throat> even movies that came out before this. But I'm like, "That's the Batman gunshots!" Like the gunshots always make me. The gunshots make me laugh in yeah. this movie. They're ping, very ping, 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 ping. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, Again, I, very absurdist. There was a point in my life where I could have re- said every line of this movie word for word in order and stuff. Like, I was obsessed with this as a kid. Um, I, I'll, I'll, should I just dive into my overall score? Because I talk about yeah, that. Yeah, go and, right ahead. Right. So I wrote down, Batman was one of those movies that I watched over and over again during my childhood. In fact, I think a younger version of myself could do a scene-by-scene recap, knowing every line and every sound effect from the film. It was my introduction to Batman as a character, and would be my favorite live-action Batman movie until the Nolan films. There's so much that is good about this movie. The sets look amazing, the musical score is iconic, the costumes and makeup jobs are fantastic, and the story itself is great. Now, nearly 40 years later, are some of the shots and special effects dated? Absolutely, but for the most part the film holds up. I've yet to discuss the actors' portrayals in this, and that's because I have mixed feelings about it. Honestly, I think all the side characters are fantastic, with Michael Ger- Michael Gow's, yeah, Michael Gow's Alfred being at the top of the list. Personally, my second favorite is a tie between Robert Wool's Alexander Knox and William uh, Hopkins Eckhart. While minor roles, I think both these actors did a fantastic job with what they were given. Now, for the big three. Kim Basinger's Vicky Vale doesn't have much to her. She's more of a plot device than a character, but that's just how women's rules were written back then, both in movies and comics, for the most part. She did do a good job with the limited material, but that's because she's a good actress, and not because it was a good part. A lesser actress, and the role would have stunk. And if you don't believe me, watch uh, Batman Begins with Katie Holmes, because she falls victim to that as well. Michael Keaton's Batman is iconic. I've hyped, I, I'm hyped to see him return to the role in the Flash movie, and I'll be interested to see what they do with the character. His Bruce Wayne, though, leaves me wanting more. You see, for me, there's supposed to be two Bruce Waynes. 
The real brooding Bruce, which Keaton does a fairly good job at, at portraying, but there are moments where the character becomes more comical than angry. The you-want-to-get-nuts scene comes to mind. And sec uh, secondly, and perhaps this is a lack of material in the script, or a lack of direction from Burton, but there's no charming billionaire playboy Bruce Wayne in the film. The closest we get to that is a scene where Wayne gets Vicky Vale drunk and has sex with her. And by 2023 standards, not cool, man. I know you're damaged from seeing your parents murdered in front of you, but I find it hard to believe that Alfred would raise you to behave like this. In case I forgot... <laughs> it's true. <laughs> in case I forgot... You didn't forget that part? <laughs> no. Oh, um, oh, yeah. I love, the, I love the Alfred and Bruce relationship in it. But uh, I'm going on for far too long, so let's discuss Jack Nicholson's Joker. For the time period, he nailed it. There, was pro there probably wasn't a better choice or a bigger star for the role, and he did a great job. I did forget to mention in our recording that Robin Williams was offered the role too, but that was just to get uh, Jack Nicholson into it. And then Robin Williams had a real problem with Warner Brothers after that. Um, look it up, if, if you know, uh, folks. Um, his jokes aren't funny, but that's the point. The Joker is a psychopath, and his jokes shouldn't make you laugh. If they do, seek help. And honestly, until Heath Ledger's performance, I never thought we'd get a better live-action Joker. Despite my personal dislike of most of Tim Burton's filmography, he did a great job with this movie. But don't waste your time listening to the director's commentary because it's not worth it. All in all, I'm giving Batman an 8 out of 10. It should probably only be a 7, but it gets a bonus point for me because I'm a Batman nerd. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Yeah. As you can see, <clears throat> Jason's a Batman nerd and knows way more than I do and has way more to say, but that often happens with a lot of the stuff we talk about, so that's not new. Well, we're going to very... <laughs> Listen, we got these two Batman recordings. Maybe there'll be something in between after the Batman recordings, but we're going to be diving into something pretty soon that the fans have long been awaiting. I know. That, uh, that you're a much bigger nerd on than I am. So, accurate, yeah, accurate. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I think we're both nerds on a lot of things we watch. But, uh, no, I I was not as obsessed with this as you were. Um, but I do remember watching this a few times as a kid. I think I remember more so watching Batman Returns mm. as a kid, which is interesting because that one's definitely darker and probably also not kid-friendly. So mm. don't know why I remember that so clearly. Um, but... I do like this film a lot. I love Nicholson's portrayal of the Joker. I do love Keaton as Batman, which I didn't remember liking him as Batman that much, but you know. Again, I don't I, I wasn't watching this every day, like someone apparently. Some, sometimes multiple like times a day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um but no, I like this movie a lot. Uh but I, I gave it a seven as well. Okay. It's good. Not not the best Batman, but it's good Batman. Yeah. And something too was that this movie, um, much like Alan Moore's Killing Joke and uh, Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns, which they took some loose material from it to make this movie, more so Alan Moore than Frank Miller's stuff, but um, it was a revitalization of Batman. Not that Batman fans weren't still Batman fans, they were, but in the general pop culture, when people thought of Batman, they thought of Adam West's. Mm -hmm. They thought of, oh, sometimes you just can't get rid of a bomb, like bad puns and jokes and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And, uh, you know, Adam West is a very handsome man, and for the 60s, he was in good shape. But that suit doesn't look good. <laughs> like, it, no. wouldn't, it wouldn't look good on anyone. You know, you could put, uh, who's a guy that I've made reference to a lot? In the, uh, 
what's his name? Aquaman, Carl Dra- uh, Cal Drogo, um, Jason Momoa. Yeah. You could put him in the Adam West suit and it wouldn't look good. <laughs> or no, like, like, it's just not a, a well-designed suit and everything. But that was, in the pop culture mind, what Batman was. Like, they, everyone thought bad jokes and stuff like that. And this movie came out and changed people's opinions of Batman. And, like, you know, we kind of go back to that Adam West stuff with the George Clooney version. But, um... But this is definitely, like, what I think of, what I've always thought of Batman being. A little yeah. bit on the darker, broodier, like... Yeah. A bat, like, a Batman is a little scary, but Bruce Wayne can go take me to the bedroom anytime he wants. <laughs> You're the Vicky Vale. <laughs> That's what wants to get me drunk and that, take me. That's something about this movie that, as a Batman fan... Uh, kind of annoyed me a lot and I had fears when the Joker movie came out and the storyline with that um, so many people I spent so many years because I, I guess people didn't have an idea about continuity and multiverses and stuff like that mm-hmm. like the general population so many people like when I would talk about Batman with them and I'd talk about Joe Chill they were like who the hell is Joe Chill and I'm like he's the guy that killed the Waynes and they're like no the Joker killed the Waynes and I'm like oh god Batman that 89 movie strikes again like i'm like no that was just in that movie that the joker kills the waynes and the comics it's different blah blah and when joaquin phoenix's joker movie came out that movie has a plot you never get the full answer but it's probably yes that thomas wayne is joaquin phoenix's joker's father Mm. and him and bruce are half brothers um you never get a full confirmation of that but the movie heavily implies it um because also um in that movie, they have it. Uh, I can't remember his character's name in that right now. It'll come to me after we're done recording. But his mother's in the movie. She's also mentally ill, but she was a former Wayne employee. She was his okay. personal secretary and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And she had a love affair with Wayne, which might have resulted in him. Um, and like, but at the same time, she's also mentally ill. So it's like, did she make this up? Like, cause he confronts Wayne about it in the movie. He's like, oh, you're my dad and stuff like that. He's like, listen, your mother was a sick woman and you're clearly sick too. I'm not your father, blah, blah, blah. But then when he, I think he burns down her apartment in one scene and you see this photograph of the two of them together, like Wayne and the mother. And it says like, all my love Thomas on it. And so it's like, oh, did something happen there? But like, what, what, what was going on? But that was something that I was worried. I'm like, oh, now people are going to be walking around thinking Batman and the Joker are brothers. Like, I was like, but that didn't happen because people, today's audience, today's audience has more of an understanding of continuity and multiverses and that this movie doesn't, it's not the same thing as the comic and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, with all that being said, uh, anything else you want to add or? No, okay. good. This has been the Once Again Podcast. Any questions, comments, or critiques can be addressed to our email at onceagainpod at gmail.com. Follow us on our social media accounts, Once Again Pod, all one word, on Twitter and Instagram. If you'd like to contribute to the podcast, we have several tiers available on patreon.com slash onceagainpod. As always, a like, follow, or share would be greatly appreciated. Thank you and have a wonderful day. And remember, we will entertain you. We will always entertain you.